It's Daily Thunder, the truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now, here's today's special guest, Sandy McConaughey. Well, for those of you on the live stream who don't know who I am, I am Sandy, better known around Ellerslie as Mama Sandy, and... Nathan thinks that I should introduce myself as the Wonder Woman of Ellerslie, but I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I am just uh, a little pipsqueak old lady that's trying to figure out how to talk about a huge name of God this morning, the name El Shaddai. So I'm going to dive in, and hopefully you will love God ever so much more once you hear about this particular one. The Lord Jesus said in John 17, while he was praying, he said, and this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Eternal life is to know God. One of the ways to know him more is to know his character, his works, his nature, nature, his relationship to us. One of the ways is to know his names. You know, there was a guy way back when, his name was Shakespeare. And he said, what's in a name? A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Meaning, what matters most is what something is rather than what its name is. However, with our God, there's no distinction between the two. God is as his names are. He is what he is called. He is his name. All of his names are absolutely important and God's names reveal to us the who and the what he is so that we might know him. What he is and what he is called are one and the same thing and we cannot change his names because he is his name. And there is no other name that is our salvation. He cannot be other than his names. David declared in Psalm 138, verse 2, I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word according to all your name. God's name declares his character and his person. God's word reveals who our God is. Through the revelation of his name, his character, his acts, his judgments, his relationship with us, he reveals who he is. He reveals his name. He reveals through his word everything he wants us to know about him, and he has indeed magnified his word according to his name. His word is made more clear, the 
the bigger picture. It's kind of like magnifying something so you can see it better. And he has magnified his word according to his name. So this morning I want to magnify his word. All the way through the Bible we see this particular uh, attribute of God that is El Shaddai. It's generally thought to mean something like the all-sufficient one. And in our English Bibles, it's translated as Almighty God, or God Almighty, or the Almighty, <clears throat> meaning the almightiness of God. But there's so much more to it than that. If you just think, oh, El Shaddai means God Almighty, you're going to miss most of it. He is that. But there's something that he is almighty in. So whenever you see those almighty words in the Bible, that's referring to God as El Shaddai. The Hebrew, the Hebrew word dai, D-A-I, means to shed forth, to pour out, to heap benefits. It's, a, it's an interesting word. It's just the, the continual pouring out and shedding forth and heaping up. That's die. Shad, S-H-A-D, is the word that indicates a mother's breast, which is nourishing, which supplies, which satisfies. Heaps of benefits that satisfy, that nourish, that provide, that bless, that sustain. It's an interesting word. So there's, a, there's another Hebrew word, shedad, that means to overpower, to destroy. And it suggests something like an absolute power and great strength. And so when you put all these things together, die, El Shaddai, die, shad, shedad, you get the idea that we have a name of God that suggests provision, sustenance, blessings, nourishment, the supply, a satisfying, absolute power and great strength, all put together in a name that means God Almighty. Isn't that amazing? This is a huge name of God. And it has everything to do with what God has done with us in our own lives but let's explore it in a little more historical perspective, okay? One of the meanings <clears throat> that I read about Shaddai had this comment. While Elohim is the God who creates, in the name Shaddai, God reveals himself as the God who compels nature to do what is contrary to itself. He is able to triumph over every obstacle and all opposition. He is able to subdue all things unto himself. <clears throat> that phrase, compels nature to do what is contrary to itself, was really intriguing to me when I first read it. And we can see that that's true. That's who our God is. In the many miracles and in the way that God works in the Bible, Elohim is the God who created. He said, let us make man in our image, and he created. 
And yet El Shaddai is so mighty that he can compel the Red Sea to let his people go through it on dry land. And in the process, nature is acting contrary to itself. And what about all these things? Here's some more contrariness of nature, where God compelled nature to do his will, even though naturally speaking, things would never go this way. The plagues of Egypt. The provision of water from a rock or two. Manna, a supply of food from heaven. Sandals and clothes not wearing out through 40 years of constant use. How many of you have worn your clothes for 40 years? (laughs) I might. (laughs) But not constantly. (laughs) The same ones. (laughs) I might still have a couple from 40 years ago. But these guys wore clothes for 40 years. And it is contrary to nature that they would not wear out. What about the bringing of the children of Israel into their land through the parting of the Jordan River? It too opened up and made dry land. How about the hailstones that caused the Israelites to win wars? The sun that stood still. The healing of leprosy. The widow's oil and flour barrel that never ran out during the drought in Elijah's day. What about the ravens bringing food to Elijah? Have you been, ever been fed by a bird? A live bird? I know you eat a lot. <laughs> I know you eat a lot of chicken, and on Thanksgiving we have turkey. <clears throat> but birds don't normally and naturally bring us our food, do they, while they're alive? (laughs) What about telling storms to stop? And they actually do it. It's as if the storms were listening to God and his mighty power. What about the resurrecting of the dead? There are a few people in the Old Testament who were resurrected from the dead. There was the widow of Nain's son in the New Testament, Lazarus, Jesus, who was raised from the dead by the power of God. What about you being raised from the dead? There were also many people who were raised from the dead at the time Jesus' crucifixion and his passion was taking place, where When the stone was rolled away, many came out of their tombs, many of the saints of old, and were seen walking around in Jerusalem. Is that that really in line with what we usually think of as the common things of nature? (laughs) No. It would be really against nature if you were to see one of your triple great-grandparents walking around on the face of the earth or, or farther back even. 
you would know that God somehow compelled nature to do contrary to what it usually does. And in all these things, they are done by the compelling, almighty power of God to do God's will according to God's purpose. Even though it is contrary to how he created things to be, yet his almightiness can do what is according to his purpose, no matter what obstacle stands in the way. And then when we put L on the front of Shaddai, it <clears throat> L means this is our God. And he is all of Shaddai and its meaning. God, the provider, the sustainer, the supplier, the protector, in a powerful, mighty, great strength way. He sustains <clears throat> in his almightiness. He is amazing. This is huge. Who is like our God? This God blesses with an abundance of blessings, all manner of blessings, everything that we have need of, everything that he has promised, everything that fulfills his word. He does it. Nothing stops him, and it becomes a blessing to those who look to God for their nourishment, their sustenance, their supply, their very life. There's no end to his power, no end to his sufficiency, his abundance, his blessings. And he is our God, and there is none like this. There is no other God like this. He is the one who is all-powerful and almighty. Remember Elijah and the prophets of Baal up on the top of Mount Carmel? How mighty were the gods of ba the Baals of the people compared to the God of Elijah who is this God? There is a huge instance when the gods of this world and the enemy were stacked up against the God who is almighty and all-powerful, who compels nature to do what is contrary to itself. And what happens? Elijah pours bucket after bucket after bucket of water on his sacrifice after all day of the Baal worshipers <clears throat> trying to implore their Baal gods to uh, answer by fire. And even after, can you? Dan and I went camping in the rain one time, and there was no way we could light a fire. It just would not happen. Not to mention the fact that we were camping in a rainforest. <laughs> so everything was already wet, even though it was uh, just beginning to rain. It was wet from all the hundreds of rains past in the last hundred days, too. And there's no way we could light a fire. And there's Elijah just soaking the sacrifice and the wood under it and the trench around it. And God compelled nature to do what was contrary to itself and it burst into flame 
and the sacrifice was accepted by God. God is the only one, the only God who is this powerful. <clears throat> and he is so powerful that he can do everything that he has said he will do and he will fulfill all that he has promised. And we've not yet seen the end of the almightiness of our God. He is able to carry out his purposes and his plans to their fullest and most glorious and triumphant conclusion. And we haven't yet seen the conclusion of the matter, have we? There's more to come in the Bible. There are more things in the word of God than have yet happened. Some great things have happened, but there is more to come. And what a glorious day it will be. What a glorious demonstration of might and strength of our great God to do two things. Well, he's doing more than two, but I'm going to point out two of them. And he does them at the same time. And they are polar opposite to each other. <clears throat> and he is doing these things all at the same time. He is overthrowing and bringing finality to the devil and all of his evil, while at the same time protecting, nourishing, blessing, and keeping his promises to those who love him. Do you realize how amazing that will be when all these things begin to unfold? And, when, and our hearts may be trembling and we may feel some fear if we're still alive on the earth when these things begin to really be obvious that this is what is taking place. And yet, we have the confidence that we have a God who is all-powerful for good and all-powerful against evil. He is our God. The name El Shaddai first appears in Genesis 17, verse 1. <clears throat> that means God Almighty. Sometimes it's just Shaddai in the Hebrew, and that's, that means mighty. El Shaddai is Almighty. And so when I read these verses, if you hear the word mighty or Almighty, it is the word Shaddai or El Shaddai. Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. In other words, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. This is God wanting to make a covenant with Abraham. He wants to give him a promise and make a covenant. And so these are God's introductory words to Abraham. Walk before me and be blameless. And then God begins to unfold his covenant and his promise. And another time, it appears in Genesis 49, 22 through 26. This is the blessing that Jacob was giving to Joseph when he was dying. When Joseph was dying, no, yes. When Joseph was dying, he blessed, his, 
he blessed his son, no, when Jacob was dying, he blessed his son Joseph. Let me get that straight here. <clears throat> Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by a spring. Its branches run over a wall. The archers bitterly attacked him and shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained firm, and his arms were agile. From the hands of the mighty one, Shaddai, of Jacob, from there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, from the God of your father who helps you and by the Almighty who blesses you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breasts and the womb, the blessings of your father have surpassed the blessings of my ancestors up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of the one distinguished among his brothers. So here is Jacob invoking the name of El Shaddai to, to uh, speak this blessing over Joseph into his life. Did you hear that it coincides really well with the meaning of Shaddai, the blessings and the provisions, the supply. And God is in, <clears throat> no, Jacob is invoking all the abundance of the blessings of nourishment, provision, satisfaction, everything into Joseph's life and to the life of his lineage. Here's some other places where this name El Shaddai is found in the word of God. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. Genesis 28, verse 3. In Genesis 35, 11, And God said unto him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And Jacob said unto Joseph in Genesis 48, 3, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. Every time the name Shaddai, El Shaddai is used, it has to do with blessing in abundance. And Job loves to use the name El Shaddai. It's more in the book of Job than anywhere else. He uses it 30 times out of the 48 times that's in the Old Testament. Job loves this. He loves this name of God. <clears throat> he says in Job 5:17, "Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty." Yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. That's from Job 34, 12. Job is talking about chastening and judgment in, <clears throat> in relation to God as Shaddai. In Job 37, 23, as touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and judgment and in plenty of justice. 
Now that's an amazing concept, <clears throat> isn't it? Because he's all-sufficient and all-powerful, he is all-just. There's no injustice in him, and when he judges, he is all-righteous in his judgments. All-just, all-wise, all-knowing, so that he, his all-powerfulness, so that his all-powerfulness doesn't come out against us in any way that is wrong in judgment. And Job says, he is excellent in power and judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. Job has an amazing perspective in the midst of his challenges and trials. He does not forget the almighty justice of God. God is just. Psalm 91.1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And in Ezekiel, and the sound of the cherubim's wings was heard, even to the outer court, as the voice of the Almighty God when he speaks. And I put that in there because the cherubim's wings who may have been in the Holy of Holies were heard all the way out to the outer court, just their wings. And I don't, I don't know what this is about in Ezekiel exactly, but the, the sound of the cherubim's wings are likened to the voice of El Shaddai. And we always think of angels and their uh, worship of God and their protective nature to the saints of God. <clears throat> So you get this all-powerful, almightiness understanding from this name, El Shaddai. Our God did and he does amazing things as El Shaddai, the almighty God. One of the main things that he has done as El Shaddai in his almightiness that affects us the most is that he has all-powerfully worked out the redemption of man throughout all of history. He has never lost sight of this glorious and unchangeable eternal purpose. Never, not once, has he ever lost sight of his eternal, unchangeable purpose. He is all about life, not death. He does not have any delight in death. His purpose is that life would be given and that more abundant. And that is what Jesus came to give, to give life and that more abundantly. This is God's purpose in redemption, is to, to restore life, powerfully restore life. Think for a moment, what did it take in the almighty powerfulness of God to be able to overcome the power of death and the devil. Thinking that he had the upper hand and the victory when Jesus died. The powerful, almighty wisdom of God kept the purpose in mind and fulfilled everything that was necessary no matter what the obstacles would be that would present themselves. 
he overcame them. He never loses sight of his glorious and unchangeable eternal purpose to save those who come to him in faith and believe in his word, his promises, his nature, and his faithfulness. Now think about this all-powerful nature of God, this all-powerfulness that he has. And now think to yourself, what would I do if I had a lot of power? <laughs> and then laugh. <laughs> because there is nothing that we can do that compares with our all-powerful El Shaddai God. He is almighty. Let's see what some people in the Bible did when they thought they had a little power, shall we? This is in contrast to what God does with his power. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said... Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined or purposed in their heart to do. In other words, they had some power and this is what they purposed to do with it. <clears throat> and God said, go to. Let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. The name of man's little power is called Babel. The name of our almighty, powerful God, he has many names, and they are all uh, according to his word, his nature, his character, and they are all hugely amazing. There is, this is our God, and he is unstoppable in his love, in his mercy, in his acts of redemption, in his supply, in his blessings. This is the power of God overcoming man, when he had a little power. <clears throat> I know this is Independence Day, but we have no right to be independent. We can celebrate independence all we want, but we are not independent. God alone has the right to be independent because he has everything within himself. He can survive independent of anything else. 
We have nothing within ourselves without him and his life, his spirit. He is almighty, all within his own self. We are nothing without him. Therefore, we have no right to be independent of God. Our whole dependency is upon the one who is all-sufficient, all-powerful, he who provides and nourishes and sustains and blesses beyond measure. He protects mightily and powerfully. He is always all-powerful for our good and not for evil. Why in the world would we ever want to be independent of him who is our God and there is none like him. We're not like him. There's none like him. We think we're just really something and we do weird things with our weird little bit of power that we weirdly come by. <laughs> Don't we? That's our pride. Our pride sometimes speaks so loud that it drowns out God's voice. In order to experience God's El Shaddai-ness, his all-powerfulness, we must humble ourselves and realize our own insufficiency and dependency. He is all-sufficient. We are extremely insufficient in and of ourselves. We have a dear sister in our midst who has recently gone through really experiencing throughout actually her whole life how dependent she is upon her God. We have been praying for her. She's back with us. She is a miracle. That our friend Zaya is, is so utterly dependent upon God and so sweetly humble to receive his almighty, all-powerfulness. We are thankful God has answered to bring her back amongst us in powerfully doing many miracles on her behalf that she might be with us here today. Thank you, O oh Lord, our God. It is our insufficiency that leads us to go to him, our God, the one who is almighty, Without him, we are nothing, we have nothing, and we can be nothing. We will just be utterly destroyed and overpowered in the long run. If we do not find that our life is hid with God in our Lord Jesus Christ, if we do not say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, let him be your all sufficiency. Let him be your almighty provision and heaps of blessing in your life, even if your life looks like Job's, even if you need almighty correction. Like I heard the advanced class was brought to their knees in conviction this morning, and God did a cleansing work within them. That is not usual to people. Do you know that? That is the work of God in our hearts and in our lives as the Almighty One. 
It is he who convicts our hearts and corrects us in such all-powerful, mighty ways that our knees bend and we say, Oh my God, forgive me. He is able to save to the uttermost all who come to him. And he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think or can even, even begin to think of. I want you to begin, if you don't already, I want you to wonder. Wonder at this great God. Meditate on who he is. Sometimes we just kind of let our minds go blank or we're thinking about nothing or we kind of wander off into a place in our thought life where we don't belong when there is so much scope for wondering and meditating upon our God and loving him and finding him to be extremely faithful and wonderful. How many of you are meditating upon these names of God? I was sitting... Uh, yesterday after reviewing some of these things and sitting looking out the window thinking of all the ways God has been almighty and sufficient in my own life. I have faced death a few times over. I've been uh, sick to the point of death. I've uh, almost died in childbirth. There's so many things where God has been almighty to miraculously save me when I had nothing to go on, absolutely nothing but him. He is so precious. Wonder at him, long for him, long to know him, long to love him more. Long to realize your own insufficiency Wonder at it until it points you exquisitely back to depend upon the one who is all-sufficient, all-providing, all-nourishing, all-blessing with heaps of blessings because he is El Shaddai. Wonder at this great redemption, this great saving grace of our God. He is as his name implies. He is almighty in all of these ways. Here's a quote I'm going to end with from Hudson Taylor. We have to do with one who is Lord of all power and strength, whose arm is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, with one whose unchanging word directs us to ask and receive that our joy may be full to open our mouths wide that he may fill them. And we do well to remember that this gracious God, who has condescended to place his almighty power at the command of believing prayer, looks not lightly on the blood guiltiness of those who neglect to avail themselves of it for the benefit of the perishing. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God, how can one small scrap of humanity ever begin to even unfold this almighty, all-powerfulness of your nature? How can we even 
meditate on all the goodness that is bound up even in this one name of who you are. And there are many names. And we know that there is even a greater name, if it could ever be, and that is the name of Jesus, in whom is all the fullness, all the preeminence, And, who, and at whose name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no end to your loveliness. O oh Lord our God, help us to wonder and to long and to await that which is yet to come with our hearts full of courage, our prayers full of love for the lost, and our lives spent to give you glory and honor and praise as we worship you in spirit and in truth and in Jesus' name, amen. Daily Thunder is a production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training and the Bravehearted Media Group. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and see it once again gain the stride of the spirit emboldened Daily Thunder video stream can be watched live daily at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Saturday, and 7.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Please consider booking a stopover at the lovely Ellersley campus at the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains for one day, one week, one semester, or for an entire season. We hope to see you someday soon live and in person. Thanks for listening.